both hailing from parts unknown at a combined weight of 501 pounds. They are the Morning Rush Hour World Tag Team Champions. They have no fear, no back down, just a couple of gutsy guys. No one will take those MRH World Tag Titles from these men. It's Taz, it's the Moose, illustrious champions, right here every day on CBS Sports Radio. You know it's every day, Moose and Taz be picking away. Talking about every sport, you know that they never missing a play. From the NBA to the NFL, the college games. They always bring in the knowledge, nobody ever can try to go stop it. Only be talking the truth, only be talking the truth, hey. Ah, yes, it is uh, Taz of the Moose with you here on this Tuesday morning on CBS Sports Radio. As we're coming to you live from the Rocky Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. You've got Mike Pete across the way. Andrew, with your updates to 9 a.m. Eastern time we go. Ryan Wilson is going to join us. Uh, next hour, uh, obviously a friend of the program, covers college, uh, covers the National Football League for CBS Sports, CBS Sports HQ, has joined us numerous times uh, over the past couple of years on our show and is always a good guest. So look forward to that conversation next hour as we kick this hour off with a little pigskin pileup. All right. It's now time for the pigskin pileup. Taz and Moose circle the wagons around the NFL. Certainly do in New York with the Giants as their head coach, Pat Shermer, following a loss to the Jets over the weekend. And a lot of people uh, speculating about the future of Pat Shermer with the Giants and whether or not he's going to be fired after the season or during the year or whether or not he has job security. And put all that aside with Saquon Barkley now coming back off the high ankle sprain. And he's been back for a couple games now. Uh, and has not looked the same. And we know he got banged up in the Jet game and had x-rays and negative x-rays after the game. Uh, Pat Shermer said yesterday that there is no plan to shut Saquon Barkley down. Remember, you know, we were talking about this yesterday. You, you brought this up, I think, yesterday in segment one of our program here. And I, you know, my point was, yeah, I, I think I don't want to put words in my mouth. I'm pretty sure you, you, your narrative was shut him down. You know, yeah. what do you get to lose here? I felt... I agree with it to a degree, though. I feel like that. I felt like they're not going to shut him down, so I'm not shocked by this, unless he physically couldn't go because he's making money. He's fixing to get paid eventually, big money. And he's the star of the team. He's the draw of the team. You know what I mean? So they can't. They got to roll him out there. He's got to play. This is a business. It's a sport. It's a game. They don't want guys injured. I know that, but they can't keep guys out because they don't want to get them hurt when the team is losing. You, well, you what get about paid playing to play. guys that are hurt? Well, no, you should. If a guy's medically cleared, he's, he should play. No, he, I, I understand, but I mean, he's clearly not the same. Is he I medically mean, cleared? He is yeah, medically no, no, cleared, I so understand. No, no, I understand he's medically cleared, but he does not have the same burst. We could all see it. He does I not, he you. cannot, as, does not have then the why same is he lateral. Cleared? I'm not arguing now. I'm just no, well, talking question. No, why you is could he cleared? be medically cleared and you can still physically play, but you're not going to be 100%. Okay, so then you know what you do as a coach? You utilize him different and you accentuate his positives, you hide his weaknesses. So maybe you don't run the ball as much. Maybe 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 you run him out of the backfield. I don't know. And Roma passes in the flat. Maybe he's 
you know, maybe he's doing more. You think he looks stuff. the same physically? No, I don't. I yeah, do. I mean, you know, so I mean, I, I don't. I, you know, I, I look at it, and look, that's fine. They can continue to roll him out there. I mean, I, you know, when when the Giants later on in the year, uh, I think they they take out the Miami Dolphins out at MetLife Stadium. I don't know how many people are going to be packing the house to go see Barkley on December. 15th I know, no, I know you against mean. the Miami Dolphins. But, but uh, go you, get it. I know, I know, no, it's funny. No, and you're right, you're right. I got you, I got but you. They stink, but but you know he's got big, big time I'm fan not, base. I, this I, kid, I understand. You know? I'm just joking around. No, I know you. I, it's I, funny. I, no, and the, I got you, Joe. The point you. being, the point being though, Taz, is that you know they're not a. I mean, there's going to come a point here in the season where if he does not come around physically where he starts to resemble the player that he did a year ago. We both love Barkley as a player. It's tough to watch him running the football now because he doesn't look like the same guy, and he didn't all of a sudden age... You know, 20 years in the span of one offseason. You know he's not 100% healthy. So, I mean, I I look at it. I get why they're not shutting him down. I think there might come a point this year where they do. Well, like I said yesterday, they got the bye week now. Okay, the Giants do. So maybe, maybe he gets another week here with no contact or just... His body can heal up his leg, whatever it is. I mean, Mike, you're a Giant fan. Mike. Mike, you're a big yes. Giant fan. Yeah, is I this you were about to ask the... I'm going to ask a question. It's a buildup. I get people's attention. That's what I do. Um, I don't just say, here's the question. It's all about the buildup. They get people's attention on the radio. Do you understand? I got you. Thank you. So here's the question. Right, here's the question. Who's the... Oh, yeah, Spock. So you as a Giant fan, okay, do you want to see him play or not? Uh, shut him down. You want to see him shut down? Yeah, let's see you next year. Uh-huh. No need to see him run for 57 yards, have a touchdown, and lose to the Dolphins. Don't matter. All right. Maybe I'm not competitive, but I'm just thinking long term. No, I don't think it's about being competitive. I, 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 Moose is kind of saying the same thing. I think maybe a lot of people would agree. I, I'm not saying, again, I, 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 I think I'm confusing some people that work on the show with my point on this. No. I'm. <laughs> no, I, I understand your point. I just disagree with yeah, you. Yeah, no, no. But why? I, you're, hold on. Do you guys think that I'm saying he should play? Is that what you guys are thinking? Am I coming off like I'm saying he should play? Somebody answer me. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, I thought you were talking to Michael. Yeah, I think, I think you're coming off that he should play. That, then I'm coming off the wrong way. What I'm saying is they're going to play him because he's medically cleared and he's making money. He's a star of the team. Do I think they should play him? Probably not. No, oh, okay. to what you guys are saying. I, I agree with you yesterday on that point. Quasi, what I'm saying is I'm giving you the other side of they're gonna play him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, and, and I get that. I understand why they're 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 playing him. I I agree with you. Let's check my it, points to be clear. I got you. you. Know what I mean, I, you know I, I, I loud and clear. We got it. Um, I, you know, I I understand that uh, that's the reason why Barkley is obviously gonna give it a go here moving forward. He's not gonna be shut down. Pat Shermer and the Giants. They're hoping maybe they're able to finish this season strong. And Shermer uh, might not need to win some football games here. All right, how about out to Detroit we go? The Lions oh, right. and Matt Patricia and the Lions face a little bit of heat because of what they knew when they knew it in terms of the injury surrounding uh, their star quarterback Matthew Stafford. Now Patricia yesterday said that Stafford is still day to day, week to week, and said that uh, he had scans done Friday, prepared the team for any possibility on Saturday. Held out hope Stafford would feel better Sunday. He said that he and Stafford made this decision for him not to go out there and dress. And the National Football League, um, uh, the National Football League is investigating just what they knew when they did, knew it in terms of the availability of Matthew Stafford, because there are some players who said they were told Saturday 
um, that uh, that Stafford was not going to be able was not going to be given a go Sunday, and Patricia and Bob Quinn, their general manager, has said the decision was made Sunday. So if the decision was made Sunday, how do players know on Saturday? Now players may be new on Saturday because they talked to Stafford, mm. and because Stafford said, "I don't think I'm going to be able to give it a go," but the de- official decision was not made. I don't know if they did they officially tell the players something. Differently, and then it did not get out to the media until Sunday. Maybe they want to. I mean, that's a no-no when you look at the National Football League, Taz. Uh, I know. I mean, you know, so but, you know, this is something that's a headache that uh, you know, I think will go away pretty quick. I think so. But yeah. it's one that the Lions need to deal with and address right now. But I, I, I think, I think what happened was, and I think it happens more than people know. I mean, I think you know these players are all have a close bond and friendship with these trainers, the people that work in the training room, because they deal with them every day. You know, so they get to know him over time. And the guy's like Matt Stafford, he's been there a long time. And, you know, he, he probably got word from one of the trainers or, or, or one of the doctors that, that, that there's a good chance you're not going to be able to go. Maybe he knew. And, you know, so he probably was telling his teammates, yeah, I don't think, I don't think I'm going to play. I don't think, you know, that's probably what happened. Listen, man, they just lost, they, they lost two in a row. And now they're, they're about to lose their third against the Cowboys. I think they're playing the Cowboys next. They lost the Raiders, then they lost to the Bears. And, and now they're fixed to lose to the Cowboys on Sunday. So, you know, they, they, they're, they're actually dead last in their conference. But you actually, when you watch them play, they're actually not that bad. They've just been losing games. It's yeah. kind of weird, right? You know? They're not a terrible team. They're not a terrible team. They're really not, the Lions. Raiders um, made a goal line stand. They, you know, if Stafford played against the Bears, I think they beat Chicago. He doesn't. Um, and it's a monumental drop-off. When you look at Jeff Driscoll, a quarterback, as compared to Matthew Stafford, yeah. but they're not a bad team. They're wow. not. They're not as bad as their record would lead you to believe. I don't look at them as being a three-five and one team. I don't either. They're dead last in the North there, but you know, what do you got here? Green Bay eight and two. I'm looking at it here. Minnesota seven and three. Chicago's four and five, and then the Lions are three-five and one, like you said. So, yeah, um, yeah. It's, I, I think Patricia eventually. It's going to take him another year or so to get this team to be. You know, I, 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 at first I wasn't buying into him. You know, once he left the Patriots, went there and all that. I got to tell you, like I said, you know, we just talk about, you know, they're better than the record looks. And I've watched them play a couple times this year. You know, they, they, they're, they're a good team. And I think he does a good job with his, with his staff and stuff. I do. Uh, I don't, uh, listen, I, I don't disagree with you in any way, shape, or form. I think it's been better year two than it was year one. We'll see exactly what this Lion team does and what the availability is of Stafford here. Uh, moving forward, Taz. All right, uh, down to our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. The Redskins have made it official. Dwayne Haskins will be the Redskins' starting quarterback here moving forward the rest of the regular season. Interim head coach Bill Callahan made that announcement yesterday. So he got his first NFL start up in Buffalo against the Bills. It was a loss for the Skins. The Redskins ran the ball well. You saw some of the mental and physical errors from Haskins in that game. Clearly, he's a work in progress. Uh, you'll learn a little something about him, I guess, about Haskins. I mean, I don't, I don't know if the coach is in place that's going to be leading that franchise here moving forward, if the offense is in place necessarily. Uh, he's a little bit more of a work in progress than yeah. anything else, but yeah. he's going to gain experience. And for all those who are climbing for Dwayne Haskins here moving forward, you're going to get him uh, for the Washington Redskins. So sink or swim time. No, I- <laughs> And I think you, you, you kind of have to do this. I mean, you're you're a Redskins yeah, fan your yeah. whole life. They're not I going mean, anywhere. Play I mean, I, I, you agree? You agree with this, right? Yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah. Play him. I mean, it's just see what you got. I mean, that's it. Um, I'm sure Haskins is happy he's playing. I know he's. You know, I mean, he, he's just getting a chance to. He needs reps. He needs reps. And you know what? Your team completely sucks right now. You're one and eight. 
So get them reps, get rolling, and and uh, and so be it. God willing, he stays healthy, and then that's it. You rock and roll. I'm going to get the Jets next, so you know that should be two bad teams battling. So yeah, I, lose. they're playing the Jets, right? Yeah. Uh yes, yeah. correct. Yeah, I mean they're. Um, I look at it as I, I think for the Redskins, it makes too much sense. Uh, you got to play them. You got nowhere else to turn. Uh, you know, for this coaching staff. Uh, I don't know how many of those guys are going to be retained. You don't have no idea where the Redskins are going for their next head coach. Well, I mean, maybe it's a guy on staff. Maybe it's O'Connell who well, made the uh, they made the offensive coordinator. Maybe Bill, maybe Bill Callahan. I was going to ask you: Do you want to see Callahan be the guy? I mean, it would be the worst hire in the world. Oh, you seem so indifferent. Wow. Well, about Ka- Bill Callahan. Yeah. I mean, is that is that really going to would that excite you? No. I'll, let me tell you. I think I might have mentioned this once before. What excitement! Back in the day when he was the head coach of the Nebraska of the Cornhuskers, I was following Nebraska heavy. For a few years, like this is during my WWE years, I guess, and I hated him. Yeah, I mean, I hated him. I mean, I think he's a, he's a great offensive line coach. Yeah, and that's that. That's my opinion. Uh, um, but then again, yeah. that was years ago. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't I, listen. I don't I don't disagree with you. I think uh, I think he's a very good offensive line coach, assistant head coach, all those things. I would not look at him as being a head coach guy, but. Yeah. I mean, the Redskins obviously seem to do a lot of different, a lot of things differently. Um, we'll see in terms of uh, what they uh, what they ultimately decide to do as their head coach. How about the Los Angeles Rams? Their starting center Brian Allen suffered a knee injury during their loss uh, to the Steelers on Sunday out in Pittsburgh. He is now done for the year. Whatever can go wrong uh, has gone wrong for the Rams this year. They've dealt with a lot of injuries. They've dealt with some nonsense. Clearly, Goff is not show, taking that monumental step forward. Gurley doesn't look like the same running back. The offensive line has struggled. I, you would think I was talking about a team. They're still over the 500 mark. Still got a shot at making the postseason here. Got off to a very good start here, Taz, but have struggled as of late. What about now losing Allen yeah. as the, the anchor to that offensive line at the center spot? It's a problem. I mean, I, I, mean, I got to tell you, I, I did not expect the Rams, like in the beginning of the year, for all this stuff to go down. I just oh I just expect them to be really good again. I mean they had so many of the main components are back locked in and you sign your quarterback to a big new shiny contract and you know what I mean? Like you, you got all these weapons from Gurley and Goff and Cup and Woods and Cooks and this and that. Uh Whitworth a hell of an offensive tackle. Now, you know, your center gets hurt, that's a problem. I don't know, man. It's just I don't know, I'm just you got, you got Aaron Donald arguably the best defensive player in, in the league or the best player in the league, you don't hear nothing about him. No. So offensive line, what? So offensive line coaches throughout the NFL have figured out how to block this guy? Is that what you're telling me? I don't know. I don't find a lot to believe. Something's, I don't know if, I don't know what it is. It's just, how how is no one, how is this guy not wrecking things right now, Aaron Donald? You know what I mean? Well, I think he's making, I, I, you know, no, you know, de- I'm just saying, well, no one's talking about No, him, no, you know? there's not the conversation. You're right about that. There's not. Well, they haven't won enough games, Dad. They're five yeah. and four. Right, you know, right. If, if we're looking at a team now that had eight wins on the year and, you know, we're eight and one instead of being five and four, I think we, we talk about this team a lot differently than we're talking about them right now, right? Last year, we're talking about them. Everybody was talking about them so much. Nonstop Jones. I mean, yeah. No, I, you know, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's, I don't know. You, you, you got to wonder. I mean, like I said yesterday, everybody's going crazy about the coach. Oh, my God, this and that. Uh, you know, McVay, it's like, who cares now? You know? No, I, you're right about that. So they lose their center. We'll see what that offensive line does here moving forward, Taz. Did want to mention one more thing before we go to break. And uh, and that was any time that uh, you see an athlete pass away, 
at and they're in their 30s. Charles Rogers, 38 years of age, uh, the former Michigan State star, yep. uh, who was the second overall draft choice in, in 2003 by then Matt Millen and the Detroit Lions, and was as good of a player, a, two, a two-time first-team All-Big Ten, uh, you know, a Blitnikoff Award winner, unanimous All-American in 2002, uh, he was an amazing player at Michigan State. Uh, could not stay healthy in the National Football League, and things went awry and never reached his potential in the National Football League. But to hear the news that he passed away from kidney failure and cancer at 38 years of age, um, to me it was jarring. It was stunning. Um, very, very young, 38, uh, way too young to be leaving this earth, and clearly a guy that um, – um, had a hard life after his NFL career came to an end. Very sad. Yeah, it's very sad. Like you said, a young young guy, uh, hell of an athlete, hell of a player. I mean, battling cancer, battle cancer. Just, it's just the whole. It's how do you? <laughs> what can you say? Well, it's, it's terrible. Tough, I mean, it's, it's terrible tough. to see. And and it's and, very sad. and for all the the people out there that that don't remember, you know, that weren't you know college football fans at the time, to our younger audience members, and and you hear the name that you know Charles Rogers passes away. You know, take it from Taz and myself. When when he was at Michigan State, oh. uh, Dude, you're talking yeah. about one of the great receivers. You know that that you've seen. He was an amazing. He was not a good. He was an amazing yep. college football wide receiver. Yep. Like just an amazing athlete and a great player. And he just couldn't stay healthy in the National Football League. Taz, I was stunned because I look at Taz. You know, I'm 43 years of age. Right, you're a little bit older than me. Right, I see a guy passing away at the age of 38. I'm yeah. like, 38 years old. Yeah, that's so young, and it just it's just sad. It's just sad, you know. So prayers with his family and and, and everything and his fan base, and it's just it's just a horrible, horrible situation. Yeah, Go. certainly. T- uh, thoughts and prayers from the entire Taz and the Moose family out to Charles Rogers and his family. It's Taz and the Moose, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. That's right. On this Tuesday morning, it is Taz and the Moose with you. And Ryan Wilson from CBS Sports, CBS Sports HQ will join us a little bit later on the program. Sunday, NFL on CBS doubleheader featuring a battle between two of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the sport when Jackson and the Ravens welcome Watson and the Texans followed by New England bracing for another tough road game in Philadelphia against the Eagles. It all starts with JB and the guys in the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific only. On CBS. Yeah. And that's something else, huh? That's something else, isn't it? What's that? No, I was talking to myself. I was thinking, oh. I was having a conversation. All right. I know my mic was on, so. Yeah, so. <laughs> What's going on, Bogus? Hey, How are you? It was here. Oh, hey, I'm back, guys. Any uh, updates? No, not even a little bit. All right. The Seattle Seahawks could have won, then could have lost, before actually winning in overtime in Santa Clara on Monday Night Football. They had the ball first and were in field goal range as overtime began. Wilson claps his hands, takes the snap from Hunt. A lob for Hollister, intercepted! Trey Greenlaw picks it off, coming back the other way. 20, 25, 30, hold the ball. Keep Breaks going. a tackle, 40, down the sideline, still going. He's out of bounds on the Seattle 45-yard line. Papa Tim Ryan on Niners Radio. One of them saying be careful. The other saying keep going after the interception. It got the Niners eventually to the Seattle 30, but it stopped there. That drive did. So out came kicker Chase McLaughlin, who hit from 42 with one second left to force OT, but he missed this time from 47. 
So they played on. The Seahawks drove back down the field, and Jason Myers kicked a 42-yarder as OT expired for a 27-24 win. A week ago, Myers missed two field goals and a PAT. His head coach, Pete Carroll. It's a great illustration of of his teammates supporting him throughout. In the locker room immediately last week, they were supporting him so that he would be ready to do this that we needed tonight and come through. There's nothing better than coming through like that. The Seahawks are now 8-2. The Niners 8-1 atop the NFC West. The Eagles have signed guard Brandon Brooks to a four-year extension through 2024. It's worth $56.5 million, 30 mil guaranteed. That makes Brooks the highest paid guard in the league. James Harden scored 39 points last night in New Orleans. 19 of them came in the fourth quarter. 13 of those came in one two-minute span. The Rockets winning 122-116. The Clippers rallied past Kawhi's old friends from Toronto, 98-88. The Raptors led by five entering the final period. Leonard scored just 12 points, missing nine of 11 shots. The Jazz down the Warriors, 122-108. And the Celtics fought off the Mavs, 116-106. Kemba Walker scored 29. Celtics forward Gordon Hayward had surgery yesterday for his broken left hand. He's out six weeks. Kings guard De'Aaron Fox reevaluated in three to four weeks after spraining his left ankle in practice yesterday. A minor surprise in college hoops last night. Winthrop a win at number 18 St. Mary's, 61-59. Winthrop lost the night before at the buzzer at Fresno State. Mets first baseman Pete Alonso and Astros DA Jordan Alvarez, your rookies of the year. Alonso got 29 of 30 first place votes after a rookie record 53 homers. On ice last night, the Coyotes blew a 3-0 lead, then won in Washington 4-3 in a shootout. The Hurricanes smacked the Senators 8-2. Guys? Wow, a spectacular job, Andrew. Yes, that's exactly right. We're listening. Really good, Um, So a little bit of a fallout, certainly. Ed Orgeron uh, had a curse-laden, I guess, rant to his players at a pump-up speech after the game, after their victory down at Alabama, um, in which he used some not-safe-for-work words. uh, And that video was sent out by some of his players uh, on social media and stuff like that. Here's Ed Orgeron, who's got one of the great voices in college football, the head coach at LSU. (laughs) Uh, Best voices in the world. Yeah, no doubt. uh, (laughs) On uh, on his players uh, streaming that video. Take a listen. Coach, what is your opinion on your players live-streaming and things in your locker room? Yeah, Yeah, I wish that wouldn't happen. Yeah, that shouldn't happen. And I, I addressed the player that did it. He felt bad about it. You know, and, you know those they, they so used to having those phones on them all the time. I mean, uh, we have pregame meal, and I said, okay, well, you turn your phones off just a little bit so we can say the prayer. <laughs> so we say the prayer and boom, they're back on their phone. So you know, I, I think that's just the, the product of today. We all, everybody carries their phone with them all the time. Uh, I don't think it was done with malintent or nothing like that. So I, I addressed it with, uh, with the young man. I don't think it's happening yet. And as far as what got out, a lot of people, a lot of you fans love it. Yeah. Then, I mean, what's your opinion on what got out? Well, you know, the things that I say outside um, to the media is uh, those are the things that I want to get out. And uh, if I wanted that to get out, I said that outside. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you get emotional. You talk to your team, it's your family, just like we all talk to our family. Uh, we talk around the dinner table, we say some things that, that's outside the family we don't say. And it was no means to hurt anybody or nothing like that. It was just a fiery moment, a very emotional moment with our team. That's all that was. I love this guy. I mean, I, I want to. I want to. I wish I could still play. I'd go play for this guy. I mean, really, everything he said is on point. And listen, him, you know, 
he's. It sounds like he forgave the kid who live streamed it because he understands the generation and these kids are obsessed with their phones. Not just kids, people. And uh, you know what? I mean, kudos to this guy. I mean, Edron, uh, Ed Orgeron. This guy's the man. He's his voice is phenomenal. His attitude's infectious. Um, and him cursing and going crazy and 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 going off about the victory, dude. Yeah, I mean, I got no issue. Man. You're a coach, I, I, right? I, I got no issue with it. I, ah, I really don't. I mean, and and I think that uh, certainly you can have issue with the uh, the players streaming it out there for everyone to take in because there's got to be obviously you know Antonio Brown when he was hopping on Facebook Live when he was a member of the Steelers and after their playoff victory in Kansas City against the Chiefs, hopping on Facebook Live in the locker room and the like, and seen other guys be do that over the course of time and. It just shouldn't be. I mean, right. it, it, it's something that can't happen, and I doubt that player will ever do it again. Do right. I think it's going to have ramifications here moving forward? No, nah. I, I don't. Nah. I mean, I think Alabama will probably remember it, but what it comes down to is the talent on the field, the players on the field. I don't think it's all of a sudden necessarily, especially with the great turnover that you see in college football too, uh, not as much in college football as there is in college basketball, but there is still turnover year to year. Um, it's not like you're going to be looking at the, the exactly the same team a year from now when these two teams meet up. So it's going to all look a little bit different a year from now. I give Orgeron credit. He's firing his team up. He's getting, uh, you know, he, he's certainly excited about the win. It's a hell of a victory. I mean, Ed Orgeron's had an interesting journey himself. Got to remember, he was part of Pete Carroll's staff out at USC. He went to Ole Miss. He failed as a head coach at Ole Miss. You know, then he was the interim coach. He went back to USC for Lane Kiffin, right? Then he became the interim coach out at USC once again. Um, and then when they decide to go in another direction, he ends up down at LSU and ends up taking over that staff when they got rid of uh, Les Miles. And, and he worked his way into being the head coach down at LSU when a lot of people thought that there were other guys going to take the job, right? Bigger names, guys yeah. that were flashier names, Taz. Guys that maybe uh, the the boosters were more excited about, and he's done a remarkable job. He's yes, done a remarkable yeah. job, and oh, it's yes. a credit to him the road that he's gone down and the failures that he's had. And honestly, I I, I think he's perfect for LSU football. Yeah, me too. I, I think he's perfect. No, I agree, and it's proofs in the pudding. I mean, they're, they're, they're kicking ass and taking names. And I got to tell you, if you're Nick Saban, you know, head coach of Alabama, you're not upset about what this guy said in his locker room after, after the win to his team. You know, you get it. Now, if you're Nick Saban, what could upset you is that, you know, a handful of LSU players at Alabama, on the home, on Alabama's home stadium right after the game, going over and telling their recruits, telling Alabama's recruits, you might want to reconsider your, your, your commitment to Alabama football and come play for the LSU Tigers. That's something that, <laughs> that if I'm Nick Saban, I'm going to be really pissed off about. And I might make a phone call or say to Ed Aldron, listen, you probably don't know that your players did this. I know you didn't tell them to do this. But you need to talk to number nine and number seven and whoever else is over there from your team. Uh, because I saw the video online, and it looked like they went over and they were telling these guys to, you know. And I don't blame the players. I understand why these kids are doing this because they're proud of their team, of LSU, and they want to get better players there, young young guys coming out of high school. But – if you're Nick Saban, this might bother, bother you a little bit, especially that it's, it, it ended up being online well, all over the place. Right. I, I, I don't disagree with that, but how do you stop it? You stop it? Well, if you're Nick Saban. No, no. I'm talking about you think Ed Orgeron's going to go to those players and say knock it off? Uh, he might. He might not. I mean, I, 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 w- I would assume there's a, a good level of respect between Orgeron and, and Saban. And I'm just saying I would do it. If I was Nick Saban, I would have a, uh, maybe an offline conversation, a private conversation with Orgeron. 
say, listen, man, I, I know you didn't tell these guys to do this, but this is what these guys did. And they went over and, and they started talking to our recruits. This is why a lot of schools, what they do, I know they did it with my son with lacrosse. Like when, they, when you're a recruit, they put you high up. They don't put you close. <laughs> they yeah, put I've you only, high up yeah. and, and, and put you with, with all the players. You know, they keep you high up, away from this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've yeah, but I've seen more more so a case with the football that they're down on the field like they were for Alabama LSU. Yeah, they they were in the end zone area. Yeah, and, I, I and, yeah. see that more being yeah. on, or they're on the sideline, down the line. Once away the game from the starts, I think they have to be up. No, no, I That's get it, it, but works. I'm talking about during the you know the pregame, pre-game. and everything yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. They're they're down, sitting on the sideline or standing, I should say, on the sideline yeah, because they want to give the players a feel. Correct, a, a feel yeah. for everything yeah. that's going yeah. on. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I agree with you. If you're Nick Saban, you don't want that to happen. No. But are you going to make the call to Ed Orgeron and tell your players I, to stop it? I mean, I don't recruiting. Think he He's got a lot of pride, but, but yeah, sorry. I know. I was just saying, recruiting's so dirty and oh, so yeah. nasty where there are coaches that at the last second are trying to recruit guys, even though they verbally agreed to schools, to try and get them to reconsider. I mean, I guess, you know, isn't that just all part of the game? As a dad, I lived it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, I get I, it. I'm not going to name the schools, but yeah, I, but yeah, I mean, isn't it's, it's that, part of the game? Yeah. I mean, isn't isn't players going up to uh, other players on uh, the field? Isn't that that's part of- a, that I haven't seen much. I, I'm sure it's happened. That's a little different. Coaches trying to poach, yeah, uh, on the private uh, uh, when no one knows, not in front of a whole stadium full of people or with people with cell phones. That I've never seen. Uh, coaches poaching. Um, during the week, uh, leading up to uh, privately, uh, when the kids are seeing, you know, yeah, that that happens. I doubt that's. I doubt it's the only time that's ever happened. Uh, that's my point. My no. point being is, I'm talking. I'm not talking about coaches trying to poach coaches. I'm talking about players going up to recruits. Um, of the opposing team, I've, I like I said, I've never seen. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm not saying it's never happened. How the hell would I know? There's so many football games, yeah, or right. baseball Th- games. That's or... my point. And my point being is that I, I, I mean, this one is on video, right? I mean, I, but I, I, I you know, it's so like, I get. I, I guess I look at it as in terms of major college sports recruiting, it's so nasty and it's so dirty. Right. That I mean, if you're, I mean, isn't that just all part of it? I mean, I, I doubt they were instructed by anybody on that no, LSU staff said, to I do don't it, think right? Rogeron told them to do that. No, no or no, anybody on I that staff. That. You know, yeah, I don't no, think, I don't think anybody told them to do it. I mean, I think they were just talking a little trash they and basically excited. saying, right? Hey, listen, if you you want to join the winners, you want to you exactly. know take a look at that's, our locker room. That's what it was. They were excited. They just won, and yeah, and it's a way for them to have swagger at Alabama, wearing your LSU uniform, LSU uniform if you just beat them. You know, now you go up to their recruits and like, yo, you guys come into the wrong spot, that type thing. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I'm sure Nick Saban has too much pride to contact, um, you know, Ed Audron about it. But I would think that if you're close with a guy, if you're good friends with a guy, you might say, oh man, I'm, you know, your guys did this, blah blah blah, off the record. You know, I would make sure my guys wouldn't do that. But it is dirty. I agree with you. I've seen it. I know it's dirty. The yeah. recruiting game in all sports, not just football. No. So, so it, it's very dirty. You know, so. Um, and football more than anything because it brings in the most money to all these schools. You and know? I think if you're committed to Alabama, right, if if I'm going to Alabama, I know what I'm getting myself into. I'm confident then, you know, if I'm a, one of those players, you know, because yeah. they, all they do, I mean, both schools, all they do is produce pros. Sure, I know. Left and right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're, it's strange when you're watching an LSU game and you see Randy Moss's son lining up for LSU. 
That, I mean, that, that is, is strange. strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is strange. Oh, he was when, going crazy. When, you see the pregame last night well, with yeah. him? Oh, my God. Oh, how, how could you not? His oh. son made an unbelievable no, catch. No, I know he did, and it's awesome. He wears but... the, the taped-on eye black just like Randy Moss did. I know, and that's Over great. the nose, over the bridge of the nose, that's across awesome. both, that's underneath great. both eyes. He's, but Randy Moss like, going on the Monday Night Football gimmick and I going know. crazy. It's like, I, I'm a proud dad, too. I understand, but you can't. You got to have have a little you know, decorum. Oh, I, come on. Cass, I'll be honest. If I, was, if I was in that role, I would. Uh, if, I, if, I, if, my, if I was a, a, an all-time great like Randy Moss, one of the best receivers, and my son is playing for LSU and making the kind of catch they did against Alabama, you, you wouldn't be going crazy if I'd be gone. I can't. I, I, I can't blame him. I'd be going I, but crazy. Not, not two days later when I'm doing my job, getting paid oh, seven figures, dog. But that doing is doing a Monday night. I, mean, I would do on. a little bit. That's I mean, I, he's a love. proud dad. I respect yeah. that. But he was going. Nuts. He's but very he loud. Too, Randy Moss. Very loud in the mic. I know. It's a great catch. A- great catch. <laughs> I saw the catch. Amazing catch. It's great I understand. Catch. No, he does that. You got I can't Moss. Knock him you got I probably Moss. would do the same thing. You know what you got, Moss? This. You know what this is? Yes. Okay. I don't. Know if you, you're not a big pregame guy. I no, no. I see. It's all over. It's all yeah. over Twitter and social media. So after. You got Moss. Yes. And then he, they did the one at the end with the I know. With kid, like, I, I know. It's great. I know. Everything's great. I loved it. I, uh, I liked it. Uh, Obviously, you and I differ on that. That's you right. love it. It's no problem. I thought it was. I thought it was entertaining. It's great. I, I felt he's, you know he's a proud papa. I'm about being focused. He's a proud papa. I know. I'm looking at I, his, was, his I'm son. A proud papa. You're a proud papa. Feel old watching Randy Moss. Randy I know, Moss, right? his son playing for LSU. That is, That's, does make you feel old. I yeah, do. I remember that. I remember watching the draft and watching Dennis Green with the Minnesota Vikings. Marshall, God rest right? his soul. Came out yeah, of Marshall. Coming out of Marshall. The, the Chad Pennington on the same team. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Watching Randy Moss drop in the first round and him selecting him. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings. I, re- I mean, yep. just yep. crazy. Yep. Crazy how quickly crazy. time does yep. go by. Yep. It's Taz of the Moose. We come back. We'll mix a little baseball. Rookies of the year were announced last night. A Met one as Met fans celebrated and rejoiced across the country. And the Knicks, an embarrassment in the NBA. Are they already scapegoating their coach? We'll get into both. We'll do that next. It's Taz and Moose on a Tuesday morning. CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You ever have something you got to do this? Yeah, I can. Yes, I do. I can. I do. Go ahead. Thank you. And then I'll tell you what I have to tell okay. you. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. CBS Sports great. Radio's Toll Free Line is brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes you can save 15% or more on car insurance. All right. You ever have a, you know, like for the harvest time, like my wife, like for the harvest. house. That's what they're wearing, right? This is a harvest time or not? Yeah. Wearing. I'm not a farmer. <laughs> Very harvest No, season. bro. Like Thanksgiving's harvest. Oh, no? Thanksgiving time. What, what the hell are we in? Thanksgiving season, yeah. That's I, the I harvest never, time, I, isn't it? Or is that autumn? I don't know. I, well, I never really thought of it. Since I was never a farmer, I never really knew when harvest times were. Is this harvest time? I'm not yeah, sure. I is think it? it is. Okay. Mike's looking into it. But I'll here's go the with thing. You. No, I'm not. Well, okay, thanks. So here's the thing, though. What I'm saying is, you know, like my wife, I'm sure your wife's the same way. Yeah. The decorations, you know. For the Thanksgiving, just like you have the Halloween decorations and all this, the, the Christmas, whatever. Maybe you do the Hanukkah, whatever you do, whatever floats your boat, right? So we got these like little scarecrow 
guy, this little scarecrow kid, and a nice. little scarecrow girl, a boy and a girl. Nice. Right? They're little, like, two feet tall. So my wife always puts them by the door. So I come home the other day from the gym with my son. I went to the gym. Is that more for Halloween, though, than... No, no. Okay. No. It's not for Halloween. They do have scarecrows for harvest time. Okay? Pete, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yes, that harvest season. So anyway, so what happens is, bro, I come home, and I pull in the drive. I'm like, what the hell? They open the gates up, and the little boy's on his, be- he's belly down. He's on his face. It's not windy out. I'm like, what's going on? My kid's like, I don't know. I let me go see. I go look at his pants. They're all ripped up. Mm. Like ripped. I'm like, man. Animal. I stand them back up. Mm. Later on in the afternoon. I'm having a little vegetable minestrone soup and a glass of wine. Mm. And um, I hear a, a thump on the porch. So, you know me. I, I got the baseball bat. I got a knife. I'm ready to go. Right? I don't know how someone got on the property. Cat-like quickness. I look at... I look... I have cameras everywhere. I look at one of my cameras. Dude, I catch the little thing red-handed. There's a squirrel. He's got little Jimmy, the scarecrow. He's ragdolling this SOB all over the porch. Nice. Good for him. I mean, this squirrel is whooping Jimmy's ass. Mm. I tell my wife, Jimmy's getting his ass whooped. She's like, who's Jimmy? Right? So I go out there. The squirrel, get out of here. The squirrel scrams. And there's Jimmy. He is a mess. Poor, I, I'm all upset. scarecrow. And then the skirt on the little girl, her skirt was ripped. My wife comes out. She goes, what happened? I said, the squirrel attacked Jimmy. And she goes, what happened to the little girl's skirt? I go, I don't know. I guess the squirrel did that. She goes, that squirrel's a little perv. And then we had to throw the, both the things out. And yeah, that was damaged. That's, that's the story. They, well, I said to my wife, you want to throw them out? She goes, I'm not. Those, an animal attacked it. I'm not bringing those things back in the house. Well, okay. Well, I, they're ruined. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Well, and no more scarecrows for you guys. That's my Thanksgiving story. That's harvest season. Harvest. Yes. Right. It I is harvest time. Well, there I you go. I think it is harvest. I do think it's because, you know, you have like acorns. Yeah, know. I'll go with it. It's harvest season. What do you call those long horn things that you have for Thanksgiving on the table? Uh, you know, it's like a horn, like a arch. cornucopia. Yes. A cornucopia, right? Yeah, that's, that's a cornucopia. Correct. Yes. Is that what it's really called? Don't yes. blame it. Yeah, it's a cornucopia. Right. Pete's right. He's on top of it. Wow. Yeah, he knows what he's talking about. Pete used to work at the the, the probably the, the craft store when he was a kid. He probably did. Anthony's. Well, he got done celebrating yesterday. The Met fans celebrating the Alonzo Rookie of the Year in, oh, you know, I, in the uh, National League. I, I put mean, it he, out there on the Twitter. I, mean, I was could, very happy. It's awesome. I mean, you couldn't get enough of it. So really it, couldn't. Hey, to, to us, he was down in FLA, and that's great. You know, he was thanking a certain private jet company for getting him down back home yesterday on on his Twitter account. Uh, that's when you know you've made it, when a private jet, I believe it was wheels up, hmm. uh, are taking you and getting you where you needed to go uh, in order for the Hall of Fame announcement. He was not unanimous, though. Uh, there was one voter uh, that decided uh, to go with Mike Soratka from the Atlanta Braves as uh, Pete Alonso is your Rookie of the Year in the National League. That's great. It's yeah, awesome. I'm very happy. I'm very excited. happy. Yeah. <clears throat> Pete Alonso, he deserves it. There ain't no one going to argue with it. It's really that simple. No, he's okay. a great player. That's right. You're damn great right. Great hitter, is. great home run hitter. Does it bother you though, as a Met fan, that you know Wednesday night Degrom's probably going to win his second straight Cy Young, that Pete Alonso won the Rookie of the Year? Does it bother you as a Met fan that you really weren't all that relevant? 
Nice. Well done, Yankee fan. That you got to just rain on the parade. No, just, I'm just, just curious. Just a smirk no, because, on your face. No, no, I'm not yeah, smirking. Smirk. No, no, but does it really, because, you know, not every year's the same, right? I don't expect Alonso to hit 53 home runs this upcoming year. Right? Do you expect Jacob DeGrom to win a third straight Cy Young? I mean, he could, but can you really expect it? So just, again, let's examine the question you asked me and how you asked me. Yeah, does it bother you the fact that it's kind of a wasted year? No. I'm proud of these guys for their individual accomplishments. And because we couldn't win as a cohesive unit, we won... What, 87 and 77, 86 and 70? I'm happy for these guys. I'm proud of them. Oh, no, I'm not. That's not the story. Uh, that's not what I'm asking. I'm not asking whether or not you should be proud of them. What are you asking me, Moose? I'm asking you this. It doesn't bother you that the Mets did not make the playoffs and take advantage of guys having great years. It bothers me every year they don't make the playoffs. I don't care if they have individual great well, no, years no, no, or no. not. But there are years where the Mets are just bad. When they were rebuilding with Sandy Alderson and there was little to no expectation. You go into it, it was about developing of the young player and you see Harvey for the first time and he makes his debut against Arizona and he has the you know eight or nine strikeouts, and Matt Harvey all of a sudden captures your imagination. You see Degrom come up, and you see Syndergaard come up, and Wheeler, and then Wheeler sent down, and Mats, and family in attendance out at City Field. It was all about the development, right? Continue the process, developing the young player, and you didn't really have expectations going into the year. That's being realistic. I mean, I understand the old college try and anything can happen in sports. I I get that, but you had little to no expectations, right? You came into this year with the expectations set down by the general manager, Brody Van Wagenen, that you got to win, that they're expecting you, you win. He made moves to try and win in 2019, and you have guys that are having amazing years. McNeil had an amazing year before he went down with the broken wrist or the fractured wrist, right? Alonzo, rookie of the year. Jacob deGrom going to be the Cy Young Award winner for a second straight year in the National League, and you don't make it to the playoffs. See, I would look at it saying it's a lost season because I don't know if I can necessarily expect those guys to be just as good. They might be obviously really good, but are they going to be nearly as dominant? Do you expect Alonzo to have 55 home runs next year? Unbelievable. I'm laughing. I'm no, laughing. What you're am making, I, you're you making me laugh. I'm laughing. You're making me laugh. Why am I because you, you can't just sit here and say and be happy for the Mets and be happy for the Mets fan. Instead, you got to say, hey, is it, is, does it feel like it's a wasted year? How, what a negative slant that is. It is and a wasted year. And a typical year. negative slant by a freaking Yankee fan. It, Instead look, of sitting there saying, oh, hey, Taz, how awesome. Uh, Pete Alonzo, three-time National League Rookie of the Month. If you how ask, about that? Well, can I ask you, yes. well, who cares about the National League well, Rookie no, of the Month? Well, no, it's a big deal. He won Rookie of the Year. That's the most I important I know that, thing. but I was getting to that. You, you know, uh, uh, an all-star, one's that wins the home run derby. Go through his accolades. No, put what, him over. He's, Instead of saying what I'm you're saying. I'm not knocking. We talked about Alonzo a lot during the regular season. He's an amazing player. I talk about him all the time on SNY. It's not a knock on Pete Alonzo. Oh, I'm not knocking it's a knock on the Met fans. That's what it is. I'm asking you as a Met fan the fact that you're disappointed. I'm disappointed as a Yankee fan. They failed this year. Well, I am disappointed to the the hearing you, your commentary. I'm disappointed. The, don't, yeah. you th- don't you look at it and say, well, it's a failure? When you hear Brody Van Wagen at the GM meetings was asked about, you know, where's Yoannis Cespedes? Um, in <laughs> terms of where's Yoannis Cespedes in his comeback from the fractured ankle or ankles, He's right? He's been out seven years with and, an ankle and, injury. And Brody Van Wagenen said, I'm not going to get into my conversations with Cess. <laughs> I know, it's annoying, dude. That's Does that bother? Like, yeah, that bothers me. No, yes. that, that, bothers. That, that, that bothers me. No, I'm looking me. at Taz. Don't you look at, like, when guys have, when I have two guys that have 
amazing years. Won a pitcher, won a position player. and yeah, two won of the better, offensively, won defensively. Right, I, I, I two of the better players in all the National League and oh, all the God. Major League Baseball, and I can't get myself to October. Dude, you're unbelievable. You really are. I understand. Listen, every point you make is factually correct. Like, everything else you ever say is always factually correct. That's not true. Yes, it is. Not, everything I've you had say mistakes. So, so I understand that, but, you know, <laughs> but the thing is, <laughs> instead of just letting just the Met fan have 10 minutes of smile, of joy, oh, 10 minutes, Pete Alonso, hey, he had, he had 85 extra base hits. He led the NL. Hey, mm. he won the home run derby. Hey, he was an all-star. Hey, he had three runs. Great run. year. Instead, hey, he's the rookie of the year. Instead, aren't you disappointed, Taz? That your team actually sucked with a great offensive yeah, guy and a great defense. He won 86 guy. games. Hey, but Boosie but, but had 120 ribbies. What about that? Oh, who cares? No, they're 53 home runs. I never said that. I never said that. Andrew Bogus is looking at me like, we're going over here. Yeah. See you later.